I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. stretch uh baseball season's over the awards are starting to be given and it's time to talk about the hot stove but uh first joining me from the east coast let's say let's say hello to armando hey justin how you doing man hey i'm actually excited about this off season doing these short uh these short pods you know discussing teams and doing you know more specific stuff it, it should be nice it should be a lot of fun yeah and uh we're, we're gonna we're gonna start uh basically at the bottom seems fitting uh, you know, given, given the, regardless of your perspective, the last week in America. Um, but we're going to start in with the worst team in baseball, the 59 and 102 and 103 Minnesota Twins. Uh, this team took forever to hire a general manager after firing theirs at the end of last season. Have a very uncertain, uh, have a very uncertain direction. And Armando, I mean, I know that you have an affinity towards them. So let's start with, like, you know, what do you think went wrong there this year? Uh, everything that possibly could have. I just don't think they have enough pitching, obviously. I mean, you know, they had some good years out of Dozier was really good. Miguel Sano's a solid player. It's sad. I, you know, it's frustrating when you see a guy have 20-plus home runs and he's he's only hovering at 50, 60 RBIs. It just tells you that the team's not doing enough. Uh, you know, for me, Joe Maurer has been disappointing for quite some time. It's hard to call the guy a bust because he's won an MVP and stuff. But for me, Joe Maurer has never really lived up to the expectation that I expected out of him. Um, it's just a lot of things, man. They just don't have enough on the roster. Their pitching staff is not great, you know, to you say the least. It's god-awful. It's god-awful. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, you know, you got guys like Nolasco. You got some guys in there that shouldn't really – that are quadruple A pitchers at this point. And it's like, you're, you know, the Twins are going to suffer for, for a little while, I think, you know, especially like we talked about Paul Mahler. We talk about him probably too often. Uh, 
he's in the hot seat and, and, and you never know how that's going to turn out. But it's just one of those situations that they just need to find an identity and go at it, man, and, and really try to build. They have some young players. I mean, Buxton's been, you know, the talk of the town for quite some time. We're just waiting for him to fulfill his potential. You know, like I said, Dozier's a good player. Sano's a good young player. They got some guys in the minor leagues, you know, Flash Gordon's sons down there. You know, Nick Gordon, the first round pick as well. First, you know, so so for me, they have talent. It's just they really just need to get it together and find an identity and make some key acquisitions with some veteran leadership. I'm not talking about the cream of the crop. I'm not talking about an all-star. I'm just talking about some serviceable major league players that you know what you're going to get on a nightly basis. And I think that's what it is with the Twins. They're just so inconsistent and they don't have enough run producers. And, and, and then, you know, they have guys like Sano and stuff and they just don't get enough guys on base. It's really, really, you know, they got to start over and they got to start over bad. Yeah, so let, let, we got to compartmentalize the team a little bit more. Um, the first thing to discuss is the fact that the Twins' starting pitching was pretty reprehensible. Um, didn't really do very much. Didn't get a lot of innings out of anybody. Um, the best pitcher in the staff this year was Irvin Santana, who went at, you know, 7-11, 3.38 RA, over 181 innings, uh, you know, a 1.22 whip. He was actually a reasonably solid pitcher for this team. Still lost 11 games because they didn't score for a large segment of the season. But then you get through the rest of the staff and guys who, you know, got a lot of starts for them. Kyle Gibson, Tyler Duffy, Ricky Nolasco, Hector Santiago, Phil Hughes, and the biggest disappointment of all was uh, Jose Barrios, their, their top prospect. Now, Barrios is a guy we should probably get into because he was he's the Twins' best pitching prospect probably since Liriano came up in around the 2006 season. And when he got to the majors, he got pretty much just absolutely lit up. The numbers I mean, are really not pretty. Yeah, dude, 14 starts. We're talking eight, a plus eight ERA, seven losses, three wins. I mean, dude, you got 20 more hits than, than innings pitched. It's just really bad, you know what I mean? Like, he... I don't know. This is probably one of the worst stat lines I've seen for a top pitching prospect in an organization ever. Um, you know, his the opponent's batting average is 280. I mean, the opponent's batting average, yeah, it's 310. You're you're never going to win a baseball game. Yeah, and he went down after coming up for the first time and was a disaster. And when he came back up, it actually got worse. <laughs> It's one of those rare instances, you know, but you can't force feed these guys. You know, this type of season is detrimental, I think, for a guy like this. They should have just kept him in the minors and let him refocus, regather himself and gain a little bit more confidence. I mean, how do you go into next season with a season like that and expect him to, you know, really come out of the gates hot? I just think it's a lot. It's an uphill battle, man. Uh, you know, like we said, 338 is the best ERA they had from a starter at Irving Santana. But aside of that, nobody had an under a five ERA, bro. No, on top of that, also nobody was over a one war in their in their staff. Urban Santana with three point eight over wins over replacement, which you know what from from a from a starting pitcher that's it's solid. It's it's deep. It's very good. The three point three ERA is really really good in the AL, especially in the Central where there are some teams that did put up runs in a hurry. Cleveland, Detroit, and Kansas City all scored quite a bit. The White Sox even eh, I don't want, I don't want to compliment the White Sox, but um. <laughs> The other thing that's remarkable at this team is their starting pitching was bad. Their bullpen, marginally better. Starting pitching ERA was the starting pitching ERA was about five point five. The bullpen about four six three. Uh, still gave up a two seventy four average to hitters. I mean, the best pitcher, the best pitcher of the bullpen was Brandon Kinsler, who pitched uh, seventeen saves. Uh, 
you can't look at anybody's saves totals on this particular team with any sort of real positivity just because they didn't have a lot of leads. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's hard to, to, to those stats are, are very deceiving, especially on teams like this. But he was, you know, 315 ERA is not too bad. Um, you know, you'd like to see those hits down 59 hits in 54 innings. You really do want to see those down, especially coming out of the pen. But, you know, all in all, he wasn't too bad. I thought Presley uh, had, had a decent season, too. He, he pitched the, the majority of their games out of their pen. And, and, you know, it's the same situation. Like he's given him more hits than he's pitched. You know, his whip is too high. His average is too high. It's just like you said, it's marginally better, but they really have to rebuild this entire staff, man. Yeah. So. Who do you see out there that that because the the free agent bullpen the free agent pitchers market this year is god awful it's really bad so do we think there's any sort of redeeming this team or are they in for a long haul rebuild of their pitching staff I think it's long haul man I think the best type of moves this this team can make is a Rich Hill type somebody like that uh, in free agency somebody that's not going to really you know sparkle too much or really catch the attention of too many teams but he's serviceable maybe even you know Brett Anderson I know I'm just rattling off Dodger names but this is the type of guys that that the Twins are going to be looking at in the market because in all honesty bro they're not going to have any chance of getting not that there is any marquee free agents out there for the pitching staff, but they're not really going to have that opportunity to do that. The Twins definitely have to build from within. They definitely have to draft better. They definitely have to make moves and trades potentially to bring in better prospects and and build that way because uh, I don't know if free agency is going to be enough for them to be able to do it, especially with, like we said, what the market's looking like right now. Yeah. So moving over then to the position players, some names you mentioned earlier in in, uh, the introduction of this team. Of course, Brian Dozier, who probably – Brian Dozier had a, a really great second half of his season. It was it was remarkable. He was really really good. Uh, you know, forty two homers, ninety nine driven in, uh, two sixty eight batting average, three forty on base, five forty six slugging. You know, he was he was particularly great. Um, Sano injury marked season, but still managed to play pretty well. Max Kepler has a very nice showing as a rookie outfielder. Also nice because you know he he marks the uh, coming of Germans to Major League Baseball. And then the real shock is after a very tough two-year stretch, Byron Buxton finally showing signs of life at the end of last season. Um, is, Is there cause for optimism, though, with some of these young bats? I would say so, man. I mean, Miguel Sano. I think you, we can both agree that he's he's a special talent, especially in the in in the box. Um, and Byron Buxton is somebody that we've we've heard a lot about. We've seen him, and then to see him come around, he's really very talented. Like I said, they got Nick Gordon in the minors. They got some players that are that 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 aren't too bad, man. I just think it's it's about getting. The, like their core pieces are fine. It's just about getting complementary pieces that are going to fit fine. I, I, you know. Do, do we see Dozier being on this team? I mean, he's one of the hottest pieces that can possibly get traded for trade prospects. Everybody should because he's not going to hit 42 home runs again. It's just like, you know, and he had 18 stolen bases. He's a player that can do a lot of things. And, and, and but ultimately, he's not helping the Twins in the long term. He's not really going to do enough on his own to help the Twins. He's somebody that you got to move. I'd move Joe Maurer, bro. I know it's almost impossible with that contract, but Joe Maurer is just is just eating up salary and not really producing on the on the field, bro. Joe Maurer, like I said earlier, I think I'd have to consider Joe Maurer a flop. You know, he has never lived up to the potential that I expected him to be, or that that the majority of us I think expected him to be. I mean, he's Joe Maurer has basically been downhill since twenty to about twenty ten, two thousand two thousand nine, two thousand ten. If you actually look at the run, they actually put, look at the run that Joe Maurer put up from 2006 to 2010. 
2006, 13 homers, 84 driven in, 347 average. 2007, 7 homers, 60 driven in, 293 average. I remember that year very negatively because I drafted him like 8th overall in a fantasy baseball league. And 7 homers and 60 RBIs, um, the 8th pick in a league, that gets you last place, which is where I finished. Uh, then you have 2008, 9 homers, 85 RBI, 328. 2009, 28, 96, 365 average, 7.6 wins over replacement. And then finally, 9 and 75 for a 327 average and 5.5 wins over replacement in 2010. Since then, he's cratered. He's absolutely cratered. Actually, it's not entirely true. He was really good in 2012. Yeah, I, you know. I, in 2013, he just never stays healthy. He doesn't stay healthy. He doesn't have enough power for what I expect or what I would like out of a position, a first baseman now. Uh, right for that salary and secondly i mean he doesn't drive in enough runs bro he's a man that's only hit 20 home runs one time in his career he's only driven in 90 runs one time in his career this is some and and they had some decent twins teams early on in his career with morneau and some other talented pieces so it's not like people weren't always never getting on base it's just a thing that he's just not producing as much as somebody on that scale or on that hype when when he was drafted and brought through the system that you would expect i just think he's been very disappointing for me uh personally you know like you said he's had a few good seasons especially you know oh nine and then probably 12 13 but it's just a matter of staying healthy and he just he just cannot do it and now at first base he doesn't offer enough for what a premier first baseman should be at that salary and it's just but how do you move him how do you move joe mauer uh you, you can't there's no way to do it. First off, you're limited to where you can move him because no NL team wants him because ideally he's not even a first baseman. He's a DH. Exactly. And no, no AL team really that could afford him would want him because there's better out there at that value. Like, I think this is a contract that the Twins are just stuck with and they're stuck with it for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they si- I don't even know what the contract details were, but I know that it was a long-term deal, far too long for them, and he- they still have the majority of it to go. And it's just one of those things that Joe Maurer, you know, he had a great year, MVP. The, the Twins went out. They-, 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 they spent the money. They expected him to just blossom and grow. 28 homers, 96 RBIs. You said, oh, wow, he's turning the corner. And then it just, you know, the next year he played one less game and he only had nine home runs. It just That doesn't make sense to me. So, Maurer's contract, uh, by the way, he's really not helped by that stadium at all. But that's I get besides it. the point. Uh, that's, that's not an excuse. Hit more doubles then. But uh, his contract was signed in, after the, before the 2011 season. Eight years, $148 million. He's owed $23 million each of the next two seasons. And, then his, and he's got a full no-trade clause. Yeah, no. Nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna go near that. The Twins aren't in a position to eat salary. It's just he's gonna ride that out. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's part of the Twins bottoming it out and just hoping that maybe they get something by the time he's, you know, on the last year of his deal, as where you can win one for him. But that's just not gonna happen. That team's not turning it around in the next year and a half because they just won't have the pitching. No, they won't. And then, uh, and then you know, do they resign him? Like, who who's going to be interested in him after that? You know what I mean? Like, not 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 in starting capacity. Not unless you want like a Mark Grace type first baseman. But even then, like you said, he's DH, obviously, or more than likely. And and, and his defense isn't that great if he does play in the National League. It's just something that's not going to benefit 
him or you know anybody. I just think Joe Maurer is eating so much contract, and if he comes back, it's going to have to be on a l- way lower pay rate, and he's going to have to be somebody that might even have to platoon. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's no other way that you can basically close out on Joe Maurer to say that he looks pretty much finished. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. So, sliding over from the Minnesota Twins, who we both feel need a total rebuild, you have a team that's actually, and, and we, I mean, they, this Twins team didn't look like it needed a total rebuild team before the season. That's the last word of, of, on, on them for this one. But now we go to the 68-93 Atlanta Braves. So the Atlanta Braves are already very active in uh, the hot stove by trying to rebuild their pitching staff with two former Cy Young Award winners, both on the wrong side of 40. Uh, that pitching staff ranked 24th in the majors last year and an offense that ranked 30th in the majors last year, 29th in the majors last year. So uh, the the big news, Armando, is uh, my per- one of my personal favorites, two of my personal favorites, R.A. Dickey and Bartolo Colon, opening up their new sta- opening up the Braves' new stadium. What do we think of this? Uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be hard for me to see you know Bartolo in a Braves uniform, seeing him, you know, I don't know. He's he's battled against the Braves so many years, and and and, and just to see him there, it's going to be odd, especially since coming from the Mets and then how much he meant to your guys' clubhouse. I thought it was a peculiar move i didn't expect him to leave or to leave so abruptly i I felt like it came out of nowhere for me uh you know i I think he's gonna do a job because this is a team that no but no starter had you know their best starter was Tehran and he had 321 era aside of that nobody had anything under four Uh, you know he's gonna give you innings he's gonna he's gonna pitch almost every fifth day he stays healthy bartolo's that guy he's just very very consistent uh, R.A. Dickey, on the other hand, I don't know how that's going to work. I think it's going to be better than in Toronto because, you know, he's a knuckleball pitcher and the elements actually help him. But I, I, I'm just not sure what you're doing here. I mean, you're spending – these guys aren't coming cheap. And and, and you really need to, to look for the future. You're not winning a lot of games. These are rental players. Uh, I, I just don't know. I mean, it looks like they have faith in what they have right now and, and expecting more out of the, the staff that they had. And then these pieces are going to supplement that. But – I mean, what? Bartolo's going to be opening day starter? No, Tehran's the opening day starter. I don't know, man. It's going to be it's going to be hard to watch the Braves. I mean, the Braves are. I don't expect them with that kind of staff. They got to make some trades. They got to make some moves. But but this is a team that that definitely you know they didn't have a starter with a five hundred record. It's just and then like a lot has to do with like the Twins. They just don't hit enough, man. No, they they don't come anywhere near hitting enough. Uh, the, the one thing that they do have when it comes to, uh, I guess I guess we'll, we'll attack this one lineup first. The one thing they do have is a total bona fide, legit middle-of-the-order threat in Freddie Freeman. And one of the other things they do have is Ender and Ciarte and Dansby Swanson did come alive towards the, uh, the end of last season. Swanson being the highly regarded shortstop prospect and Ciarte acquired in the, in the trade that pushed Shelby Miller into Arizona who we're going to be talking about next week, and there's nothing positive to say about about them either from last season. But then the Braves also making moves at the deadline to go after uh, Matt Kemp. Who had a very good year, uh, especially when it came to uh, Atlanta. He had 280 for the Braves, 12 home runs. I, I mean, 
I thought for, for sure Matt Kemp was already on the wrong side of his career, not not going to be able to produce that way. 280 for Matt Kemp is a very solid average. Uh, you know, 56 games with the Braves, I think that trade definitely benefited them. We'll see where it takes them next year and if Matt Kemp can grow on that. But there, that's a piece that they really need to produce next season for them to even, you know, have a respectable record. So the one thing I got to figure out is at this point, how bad must Matt Kemp's defense be for him to hit over the course of last season? 35 homers and 108 and driving 108 runs while still managing to be a zero win over replacement player. Yeah, he's pretty bad, man. Like he's he, pretty bad. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was at one point just epically good defensively. Yeah, gold gold glove caliber uh, center fielder, and now they play him in the corners, and he he just looks lost. It's, it's, you know, we're seeing. In a day and age where you see infielders transition to outfielders and so many play players being able to play, you know, a multitude of positions and play them well, you know, a la Trey Turner and and, and those the, and players of that ilk, we're seeing Matt Kemp, an outfielder by trade, just just struggle out there and look lost. And and, and I don't I don't I don't really know how to explain it, man, because when he was at the Dodgers and he was playing center field on a on a on a daily basis, he 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 could go out there and just go get it. And now, I mean, he just completely doesn't look he looks a shell of himself out there he he does and it's it's what's going to hold this team back part of it is that they're not a particularly good defensive team freddie freeman as much as i i think the first base defense is overvalued not particularly great ncr day did not have was not particularly good in center last season um dansby swanson does look like an absolute stud at short uh, the one thing that braves really do have going for them though is this is a team that's drafted near the top of the draft for the past three or four years They've got actually some some serious farm system talent coming through the organization. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, and another thing I think that they need to do is is is, is get an identity and, and work the count a little bit more. I mean, the Braves are a team. Nobody walks for the Braves aside from Freddie Freeman and per, perhaps Nick Markakis. But Nick Markakis, uh, I don't know, two sixty hitter. He, he's an average major league player. I you know, but but. Nobody is walking. They're striking out far too much. And that's, you know, it, 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 it's it's a sign of the times because everybody strikes out way too much. But they're not even, you know, playing the small ball and manufacturing runs. They're just really scuffling up there. Everybody's out there swinging hard and not coming up with too much contact. And that's not, not a good recipe for success. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's effectively where they've ended up is they, they allow a ton of runs. Their bullpen has been an absolute unmitigated disaster. Um, yeah, I mean, could had multiple guys lose the state, the closer job last season. Uh, Vizcaino lost it at one point. Jim Johnson lost it at one point. Just about the only thing that the Braves had going for them last season was the fact that they absolutely owned the Mets. Yeah, I, and I don't even know how they did that because the, it's the, the because stat- baseball's weird. So we can just go beyond <laughs> that. It's, that that's, that's why they did that is because baseball's just a strange sport. Yeah, because there's no way a team that hits that poorly should be able to, to, to be the team that pitches that well. You're right. Yeah, uh, the only way it happens is if the other team hits that poorly. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're opening up a wound here. Yeah. That, that scab hasn't healed. Yeah, but the, so the other thing that's interesting, though, is the fact that the Braves coming into this season with their farm system talent feel like they can potentially move up their rebuild into the next phase. And uh, part of part of the rumor is right now that because of the fact that they have a log game at short where they have, uh, you know, Swanson, who looks like he's nailed on to be the starter you know, in the in the majors, and then also Ozzy Alvarez. So that's two of the top ten prospects in baseball, both in, both were shortstops in their system. 
Now, obviously, you could move one of them to second, but the arms that you're hearing that the Braves are linked with are Chris Sale and Chris Archer, both of whom are pretty much, you know, widely in the shop window. If you want to add starting pitching, that's how you're going to do it this year. You're going to make a trade. Uh, which one of these two arms do you think you'd be more intrigued to see make the move from the AL to the NL? Um, I'd, I'd, I'd probably, I think, I think the most likely move or, or the move that I would expect to be made is probably going to be, uh, you know, uh, Chris Sale. I mean, when you deal with the Tampa Bay and you, and you deal with, with getting their elite players, you have to pay a lot. And that, that's been, you know, the way they operate over there in Tampa. But, but for me, Chris Sale, a player that, uh, you know, ruffles feathers, he, 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 you know, not necessarily liked in Chicago anymore. He probably overstayed his welcome. I think that's a move that can work a change of scenery. And, 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 and if we see him dominate the way he does in the American league, Chris Sale in the national league, uh, would be phenomenal. I think I think the way, you know, one less quality hitter, one less, you know, facing the pitcher three times in a game, it's one of those things that I think it will only benefit him. And he, he, he has stuff that's just lights out, man. And Chris Sale, no one can knock the player. It's just, you know, the mentality he has. And is he willing to put in the work? And is he willing to, you know, adapt and be a team player and a leader that he should be, you know, earning the money that he earns? You know, if you're going to be Chris Sale and you're going to say that, you know, back to last offseason and LaRoche leaving and the whole sh- thing and, and saying that the kid was a leader in the locker room type stuff. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Like, come on, man. You're getting mad over something that you shouldn't be upset about. You know, they're wearing throwback jerseys. He cuts it up and he rips it. Like, this is the kind of stuff that – do the Braves really need this? I mean, it's worth yes, it because – actually, they do. They really do yes, need it. It's worth it because you're the Braves and you're in the situation that you're in, right? But I think it could benefit both in that regard. But – He's a guy that seems to overstay his welcome, and I think the same will happen in time if he comes to Atlanta, or anywhere for that matter. You see, I think that the move makes sense for the Braves, and I, I don't want to see it happen, obviously, because I don't want to see Chris Sale in my division, because that's you know a little bit torturous. But uh, he, every single one of the Braves starters is right-handed. Uh, Chris Sale pitches a ton of innings. He strikes a lot of guys out. Two, the two bigger, the two you know, teams to beat in that division uh, are both very left-handed in the Mets and, and the uh, the Nats. So I think he makes a ton of sense. Plus, also, Sale's a Florida native. You know, Georgia, Atlanta and Florida are close to each other. Bringing a player close to home has almost never – I shouldn't – I won't say never because there are definitely instances where players, you know, have gone to his home market and just, you know, tanked for a reason or two. But I think in this particular – in this particular case – it really, really helps him. No, yeah. I mean, that's a good selling point. That's a good point by you. I think, uh, you know, and then a Southern kid, I think he could, he, he'd probably enjoy it. The new ballpark is going to be beautiful. Um, yeah, man, I think the Braves can, can are in a state where they, they can do a lot of things. They can either regress next year or they can take a huge step forward, depending on the moves that they make and the pieces that they acquire. Um, I just I just don't know if I'm – fully confident and, and, and think that they have enough offense to really do that. And, and I mean, in free agency, there's, there's, I, I don't really see them making a lot of moves there either for, for, for offensive players. I mean, when we see the elite players, the Cespedes, Batistas, those types of players, then I don't really see the Braves going after that, that type of guy. See, I could just because of the fact that there's a new stadium and I think that they're going to want to try to pack the new stadium. So I could very easily, because they've been rumored as a, as a potential target for both Cespedes and Bautista, because 
They want a right-handed, power-hitting outfielder who's, you know, better than Matt Kemp. But I think that I could see them being a player for a player like that and maybe getting another pitcher. I still don't know that that – I think that that does to them what happens to the D-backs this year, only slightly better. Because I just still don't think that two moves, uh, especially if you're you're relying on R.A. Dickey and Bartolo Colon to give you a ton of innings. Now, there's no problem with Bartolo Colon in that because we know that his arm is rubber and – it's more, you know, at a certain point, relying on two 40-year-olds for 400 innings is kind of foolish. But yeah, Absolutely. It's a stretch, man. It is. But I, I could see them potentially, you know, if they make moves to get a power bat and, and they bring up some of their prospects and they get a pitcher like Sale, you know, getting closer to 500 and potentially being, you know, a team that, does compete in the National League East when the Mets and the Nationals' windows close, which, you know, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's what you build for. When, when you're in a division and you have some teams that are, have been the top and you still see that they, everybody has a window, so you want to build and try to get get in that transition phase and then get get there when, when the time is right and peak at the right time. And I think, like we said, like you said, the Braves have a, a ton of talent in the minors. They have some guys that, that really can play baseball. Swanson, Freeman, they have some ball players, right? But it's a matter of making the right moves and not really uh, jeopardizing the farm for those moves. I think they really need to be very intelligent with the way that they make their deals and trades. And then when they do sign free agency, like you said, if they do bring Bautista or they do bring Cespedes, it can be really good for them. But we we got to understand that that too is just a rental, and that's a rental to get them through the transition phase of opening a new ballpark. It's not really going to benefit them when the Braves are fully clicking and this team is built uh, the way that it's supposed to be built. Yeah, my only hope is when this team is built the way it's supposed to be built that it doesn't last 15 years like last time. But uh, before we go, uh, one question I want to ask you, Armando. Jeremy Hellickson taking the qualifying offer for $17.2 million this season. Uh, I mean, the the obvious is it shows us how weak the starting pitching market is in the majors at the moment. But the the second question I really have to ask you is, is that the worst player to ever make that amount of money in a season? Oh, it's close. I mean, it's very close. Uh, Jimmy Hellickson, a guy that came up and he he had some bright spots, some bright moments, but we've seen him be, you know, I, I, he's almost average. he's almost Clay Buckholz, man. Yeah, he is. I think. I mean, Buckholz is Buckholz is better. Buckholz made an All Star team, but Hellickson at this point, like you know, he had a decent season for Philadelphia last year. He wasn't terrible, but. $17.2 million for him. Like, I mean, I, I know why the Phillies did it. They're in the middle of a rebuild, and they extended the qualifying offer in hopes that he wouldn't take it and they'd get a draft pick. But sometimes you have to know that you can't just give Jeremy Hellickson $17.2 million because he might take it. Yeah, no, absolutely. He'd be foolish not to take it. Yeah, everybody knows it's a bad pitching market, so if you can get that money and establish yourself for a year where a team will actually spend, you're, you're, you're in there. Yeah, he has a ton of time in his career still to make the league minimum. So uh, let's take those $17 million while we can. I'd take it, too. All right, so that's it from us this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll be back with you next week. The Arizona Diamondbacks League. Bye, y'all.
You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.